Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a lot going on, lots to get to. Really, really glad that you took the time today. You missed last hour. We had Ted Nugent, who you hear playing Love Grenade behind me right now. We had him on. Uh, earlier, we're going to have part two tomorrow with Ted Nugent on how we go forward and we solve the problem of these these maniacal mass murderers doing what they're doing in our in our country. And it's not about guns; it's about about managing crime, criminals, mental illness, and more. Make sure you stick around for part two tomorrow, right here on the Joe Pag Show. We also have this hour Erin Perini, who's a Republican strategist. She's worked with Trump. She's working with the Trump campaign now. She she's got great ideas about what we need to do in this country to bring us back to the glory that we were feeling. For those four years, it's been really, really bad since Biden took over. Got that for you as well. Make sure you stick around. It is the Joe Pag Show coming your way for a Wednesday. Oh, do I have to do this, Carrie? What, are you kidding me? You, you're not going to play that Really? Because yes. you, you can't even see you. I, well, dude, like you how is that my problem? Uh, for two hours, I just shot it. I just we shut literally, it off. Because... literally had your camera on. It worked <laughs> fine before the show, and you said, F this, I'm not I doing it. I did not do that. It went dark, and it's been dark for two hours, so just buy the song. Say the day again. It's Wednesday. I can't even see you. Oh, well, I'm dancing, man. Stupid. Yeah. Oh, whatever. You're up uh, off the chair dancing, dancing now? Oh, you betcha. Okay. Yep, yep. All right, you big baby. Excuse me. It's the best song of the week. Thank you. Not the best song. Let's not, let's not exaggerate. No, it okay? is. Uh, I'm pretty sure it is. Not even close. Yeah, it is. All right, so here's the thing. Now, we're, we're trying to figure out how to solve the problem in this country with mentally ill pieces of garbage getting a hold, or a heinous, just devils on earth, getting a hold of, of weapons of death, whether it's a car or a bomb or a knife or an ice pick or a gun, and killing innocent people. And as we're talking about it, we have more news about yeah. people dying at the hands of evil. Now, you've got three stories now. Mm-hmm. One is Tulsa. One is L.A. One is Pennsylvania, I think. Yes, that's Can you correct. update me on what's happening in Tulsa? That's the one that was just happening last hour. Right. That we, we got word at least four were dead and the bad guy's dead, too. Phil, fill us in. Yeah, uh, from CNN, at least three people were killed Wednesday in a shooting on a hospital campus in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Police said the shooter is also dead. Police said in a Facebook post, Authorities responded to a call about a man who was armed with a rifle at the Natalie Medical Building, a physician's office building on the St. Francis Hospital campus, according to an earlier Facebook post from the Tulsa Police Department. At this point, we can confirm the shooter is dead, police said in the post, although it was not clear whether the shooting was self-inflicted. Officers are currently going through every room in the building, checking for additional threats, the post added. Police were going through multiple floors, clearing the building and evacuating victims Wednesday evening. Richard Muhlenberg with police said Wednesday adding there are hundreds of rooms and hundreds of people within the building. We are treating this as a catastrophic scene right now, he said. 
That's Tulsa. That's yeah. still active. Oh, the shooter's dead, but it's an active scene where they're investigating. What are these stories that I'm hearing out of L.A. and out of Pennsylvania? You okay. got something on these? Yeah, this is from NBC4 in Los Angeles. Shots were fired outside Grant High School in Van Nuys Wednesday afternoon, and a 10th grader was injured. The Los Angeles Police Department and school police said at the school is located at 13,000 Oxnard Street in Van Nuys. LAPD said at around 3.24 p.m. there were reports of a shooting in front of Grant High School during dismissal. Someone reported hearing three to four gunshots with a person down, LAPD said. L.A. school police later said a 10th grader was shot in the leg. LAPD said the shooting may have been from a car. So so it sounds like it might be like a a drive-by shooting on the outside of a high school in L.A. What's in Pennsylvania? And... This is from Fox News. Police in Pittston Township, Pennsylvania, are responding to a shooting at a nail salon near a Walmart Supercenter, according to police and local reports. At least one person was shot in the vicinity of the store, which is off State Route 315. Pennsylvania State Police said several shots were fired and described the shooting as an attempted homicide. Authorities are actively looking for the shooter. Police later said they believe there is no danger to the public at large. Okay. So no, let me ask you this, as, as a news anchor and somebody that I trust with the news and the news information on my show, mm-hmm. two of those stories we would not have normally heard about. Do you think that we're hearing about them? Like there's a drive-by shooting in LA yeah. where somebody got shot in the leg and there's an attempted homicide in a shooting in Pennsylvania. Um, the shooting in Tulsa, we probably would have heard of. And I'm just asking whether you think that we would have heard about this otherwise. Those other two, I don't think we would have heard about. Do you think we would have? I think you're right. I don't think we would have. No. There's another thing that that dawns on me. 50 shootings in Chicago Saturday and Sunday. 10 dead. Now, we're looking at 50 shootings that almost none of which were reported, at least not on our show. They didn't show up on my news wires. They didn't show up on your news wires. Um, And I'm wondering, do you as a news anchor, and if you don't want to opine, don't. But do you as a news anchor, do you find it odd that you didn't know about 50 shootings in, in Chicago and 10 deaths before <laughs> I just told you? And I only knew about it because I looked it up. Yeah, you're right, because I did not know. It is not on anything that I have seen or read or heard the last couple of days. No. So those outlets, those sources that people in America use as their news sources... Would you agree with this being a fact that they are literally picking and choosing which news stories they're pushing? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Because a, a drive-by shooting in L.A., it, I'm guessing, happens mm-hmm. more often than you would think. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm but sure. But why are we hearing it now? Because it was a school was involved. Uh, probably so, yes. And are we so complacent as to far as we know, oh, well, there are going to be dozens of homicides in Chicago anyway, so let's not talk about it every weekend? It's pretty sick, isn't it? it? I mean, these I, are real absolutely. people, Absolutely. It's disgusting. Yes. We yeah. should be talking about it. And we're not. And no. I want the audience out there to understand. Here's somebody who's been doing news. You've been doing news, what, 25 years? Yeah, about, yeah. Okay, so you're doing news that long. I've been in this business 32 years. And we don't remember. Because all of a sudden, I'm starting to get ping, boom, boom, boom. Here's another shooting, another shooting, another mm-hmm. shooting. And I'm looking at it, and I'm going, well, wait a second. Why did we hear about this one at, at the school in L.A., which might be something that happens more often than we think, because there was a school involved? Okay, well, why are we hearing about this one in Pennsylvania, a nail salon and an attempted homicide? Mm -hmm. Not that I wanted it to be a homicide, but even if there were a homicide at a nail salon in Pennsylvania, we normally would not hear about it on a national level. But anything that has to do with a firearm and something bad happening with that firearm is going to be highlighted by the generally speaking left-wing news that wants to feed the narrative that it must be the gun. Now, having said that, 
Let me reiterate what I've been saying now for as long as you've been listening to me, for those of you out there in radio or watching on the, on the stream. The people that are gathering this news, generally speaking, are in fact protected by good guys with guns. They're acting as if the gun is always bad, the gun is the problem, get rid of the gun. Not one person that I've heard say any of that has suggested we get rid of the Secret Service. Not one person that has said any of that has suggested get rid of the Capitol Police. Not one person who has suggested that has said get rid of the armed security at Fox or at CNN or CNBC or whatever. Nobody's suggesting any of that because they they just assume they're allowed to have the luxury of being safe at work while we don't have people have the luxury while being at the medical center or whatever it was in Tulsa or, or, or at Uvalde at the elementary school. Carrie, did you know, maybe you've got more information on this. Mm-hmm. The latest I've gotten from the Uvalde police is that they don't know where the school resource officer was when the shooting happened. Have you heard that's that too? Also, that's also what I've heard, yes. How do we not know? How long I has this been? Know. A week and a half? Yeah, week? It's been a little over a week. Yeah, it was a week yesterday. So what are we talking about? How do we not know where this person was? Yeah, we should know by now. And let Definitely. me say this. If you're a school resource officer and you're, you're not willing to put your life on the line for the children, quit the job and let's get somebody in there that will do it. And let me say this as well. I don't want you to have a break the entire day. If, if you have to be paid a little extra from the school district to make sure you don't go on break or get in your car, because the allegation was that the school resource officer drove past the bad guy when the bad guy was on the way to the school. If you're the one person, you're the one line of defense and somebody's walking up, we know this guy walked up and shot the outside of the building first, and you have an opportunity to take him out, you need to be on there and take him out. Now, why do we have somebody who's getting a paycheck from the taxpayers in that county? Why do we have that person who's not there every waking moment while school's open? I don't know. I can't figure it out. Carrie, is this normal that a week and a day later we wouldn't know the details of the story? I would say no. I'm also hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the Uvalde police has decided to stop cooperating with the investigation. I've heard that too. They have come out and said, yes, we are still cooperating. So they have a different story to tell. Because I'm hearing about there might be a little bit of, of back and forth between the DPS, mm-hmm. which is the investigating body, that's the, the, right. the uh, Department of Public Safety, and the Uvalde police. Listen, get rid of your ego Get rid of any any sort of apprehension you have and work with them to figure out what happened and how we stop it from ever happening again. This isn't complicated. It's really not. Uh, it's a complicated story, and some of the details that are coming out from inside that classroom will make you sick and you won't be able to sleep at night. I won't even, I won't even say what I'm hearing out of the classroom. But I'm here to tell you that I don't care what law enforcement agency you're with. I don't want any back and forth. I remember my, my sister was a, a dispatcher for the Florida Highway Patrol for a long time. She's not now, but she used to be. And I remember a highway patrol officer pulled over a, like a county sheriff or something because they were at odds, uh, the two agencies. That's just dumb. Stop it. You guys and gals need to work together and make sure that you're protecting and you're serving. You're doing everything you possibly can to take care of the job you have at hand. When you're a school resource officer, and I don't want to hear one other person ever tell me that the Supreme Court said that law enforcement doesn't have to protect the citizens. If you sign on to be a school resource officer, guess what your job is? to protect the citizens inside that building. Let me say it again. Don't take the job for the pay. Don't take it for the pension. Don't take it for the extra hours. I need you to go to that school and tell your family as you leave every morning, I'm going to put my life on the line today for those kids. And if you're not willing to do that, quit. We'll find somebody who is. 
Because there are some of these badasses that are retired police, some of these badasses coming back from the war zone who would be happy to stand there and keep those kids safe. That's who we need. We don't need another Scott Peterson like at Parkland. Who we hear on radio traffic is outside the building where the shooting's happening and not going in. We've got him on video not going in and not saving lives. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Do you think the news media is pushing these stories we otherwise wouldn't be hearing because there's a gun involved? And what are your thoughts about, we still don't know where the SRO was in Uvalde? Keep it here. Coming back. This is the Joe Pags Show. Glad to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. I do appreciate you. Lots going on. Lots to get to. Erin Perini at the bottom of the hour. She's great. If you were watching the Trump rally in Pennsylvania, I don't know, about a month ago or so, on Newsmax, they they went to her. She was in the parking lot, like in her car, doing a live shot from her phone, I think. And it was just great. And I said, I got to get Erin back on the program. Now, when she was uh, when when President Trump was still in office, she was somehow a surrogate. And we had her on. I thought she was great then. We get to actually see her with the video and the audio this time. And she does a great job spelling out what the left is trying to do, what Biden's trying to do. What about these serious crises and and not letting them go to waste? That was said by Rahm Emanuel. What about that and all these shootings that are happening? We talk about all that and then some. Make sure you stick around at the bottom of the hour for that. Let me remind you about Father's Day coming up. If you haven't made any, uh, uh, any moves yet, haven't done any plans yet, get Omaha Steaks for Dad. Dads want steak. It's a fact. It's been studied. It's known. It's scientific fact. There isn't any better gift than Omaha Steaks for Father's Day. Go to omahasteaks.com right now and use keyword PAGS, P-A-G-S. For just $99, you're going to get the Dad's Want Steaks package. It includes 16 mouth-watering entrees he's guaranteed to love. You've got the tender bacon-wrapped filet mignons, the gourmet jumbo franks, air-chilled boneless chicken breasts, and then, of course, the delicious finish, the caramel apple tartlets. Delicious. I mean, you, you got to get some of these. If you haven't had them yet, I want you to try them. We get Omaha Steaks all the time at the Pags house. OmahaSteaks.com. Put in P-A-G-S in the search bar. Click on search and get the Dad's Want Steaks package. Also get eight free Omaha Steaks burgers with that package. Awesome. Don't wait. Send Dad more than just a gift. Send him an experience he's going to love and share with you as well. That's it's such a good part of it. He gets it. Then you get to help him eat it. How cool is that? OmahaSteaks.com. Put in keyword PAGS, P-A-G-S. In the search bar, get the Dad's Want Steaks package. You're going to get 16 entrees, four desserts, plus for eight free Omaha Steaks burgers. Make this happen. Make it happen right now. Let me go to the phone lines. Let me say hello and welcome to Andy, who's in Alaska. Andy, what's up? Hey, Joe. Thanks a lot, man. You're making me hungry with those Omaha Steaks. Exactly anyway, right. All right. Um, what, yeah, yeah. But anyway, what really boils my eggs is the fact that there are anywhere from 100, 200, or more home invasions a year that are thwarted by a house that's defended with a firearm. You can go to the FBI.gov website, look it up. Also, the NRA reports it. The NRA has anywhere from very word-by-word uh, word stories of individuals that had a home invasion and they uh, took down the uh, killer or, the, or they mean the intruder or the guy ran off. So that's something that... Uh, people do not hear about i have yet to hear about one and i listen to the news a lot i listen to your show a lot i really like it 
I've yet to hear any of those being reported. Well, there was one last week that you probably did hear of, no, in Virginia, where a guy got mad at how loud his neighbor his neighbors were being at a party or something, shows up with a rifle, starts shooting, and a woman takes out her, her handgun, kills him on the spot. That was in Virginia. No charges. Oh. She defended the neighborhood, and, uh, and that was up there. But I agree with you. There is not enough news being put out there about good guys and good gals with guns that are thwarting this crime. It does happen all the time, but it's not widely reported. And the reason why, Andy, is very simple, because it doesn't fit the narrative. Carrie, that was Virginia last week, right, with that lady? I, I, I want to say it was. yes, I believe so. Yeah, I mean, there's some sort of party going on, and I believe the guy had an AR-15, but it was it's a rifle is what an AR-15 is, and she kills him with her legally obtained handgun, and I saw the police reporting it later. We're perfectly fine with it. She defended her her neighborhood, or her neighbors, and her life, and what she did was righteous. And and look, police don't have a problem with good guys and good gals having, having firearms. They never have. I, have. I am yet to meet a cop who doesn't, who doesn't appreciate somebody who's well-trained and, and is exercising their Second Amendment right. They, of course, have a problem with the evil doing what evil does. Let me go back out and say hello to uh, Tommy, who's in Texas. Tommy, what's going on? Hi. Uh, I just wanted to, uh, first-time caller. Thanks. I've been listening to your show since uh, Alan Dale was here, so that's a long time. Cool, man. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, a friend of mine had a, his son in uh, elementary school was stabbed by a little guy with a pencil. And uh, he wanted to report it to the resource officer. His mother went down there and wanted to report it. Yeah. Well, he was nowhere to be found, nor was there any uh, administrative uh, assistance to take the call. So she had to go down to the Gonzales Police Department to file a report. So it, it's it's just small town policing, you know. Well, it doesn't make any sense. The, the, SRO should, the SRO should be there for anybody during school hours. Should be available, should be ready, should be taking reports, should be stopping crime. I don't know why there would ever be any leeway. That's the job. Yes. Well, uh, after that, they took the child out of the public school and put him in a private school. Smart. So uh, things are much, much better here well so. tommy i appreciate that now that's the right move i mean you, you can't you can't put your kid's life at risk if the sro isn't doing the job figure out why or move on richard california talk to me hey joe I, yeah I, i'm on some you know kind of shared department as a volunteer awesome and i've been since 1989 and every one of our schools including the elementary all the way through all the high schools have had at least two deputies retired deputies or guys from the military Armed at all of our schools, and we've never had one shooting nowhere. And if I'll tell you what, I don't know what happened at the elementary school, but our deputies would have ran in there with their hair on fire yeah. and and snuffed that guy out in a heartbeat. Right. I, I have no idea what I wasn't there, so I can't say what really happened. But well, really, ha- well, I'll tell you what really happened. The commander on site said it's an act. It's no longer an active shooter. It's a barricaded gunman. Let's not go in. And as they're outside the door, you're hearing kids die. It didn't make any sense. It really didn't. I mean, they, they, they needed to do something. They they have they have all the equipment to do the do the job with. Right. And to stand back and let that happen, that's just. Uh, non, unacceptable, man. Just totally unacceptable. Richard, I appreciate you calling in, and and that's what I want. I would like to see one or two. I, I think two is a good number. Uh, if it's a larger uh, school population, maybe three school resource officers. And again, somebody called in last week with an idea that I thought was absolutely genius. I can't think of the guy's name, but he said, "Why not? We're paying for police stations, and we're paying for schools. Why not have the police station in the school? Then you've got ten or twelve cops there immediately." You want to come in shooting, you're going to get shot. 
It's kind of simple. If you put up the deterrent, if you put up the barricades, if you put up the the reason not to do it, they won't do it. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Aaron Perini when we come back. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pags Show. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping. I'm really glad to have this young lady on. She's a Republican strategist. She worked with the previous administration. We've had her on plenty of times before and does a great live shot from a car. It's Erin Perini. Erin, how are you? Good to see you. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me back. And this time I get to do it from the comfort <laughs> of my home instead of a car. So I'm I, excited I, to be with you. I love that. You know, we saw you on Newsmax and I'm going, not only is she great, because I, I just think that you do a great job. She's Thanks. in the freaking car and acting like it's nothing. Um, they, they went right to you after the Trump rally and you had perfect insight right afterwards. If I remember right, that was a very rainy night in Pennsylvania, wasn't it? It was a very rainy night in Pennsylvania. Uh, so being in the car was actually a nice reprieve from being in the cold rain. But, you know, a Trump rally is always energetic. It was it was a really good rally. What do you think about that turnout? It was it was cold. It was rainy. He's got his hat lo- locked down on his head. Who knows what's going to happen to that sprayed hair? Um, and he's wearing his, his, his Trump jacket. I mean, the whole scene was just something like you'd never seen. You would never see Joe Biden go and do that. Joe Biden's wearing a mask when he's nowhere near anybody. He's falling down the steps of Air Force. One, he's saying the wrong things about what caliber bullet does this or that. He just, uh, I don't see him showing up and and performing like Trump does. And it really is a performance, isn't it? It is. It's so engaging and it so grabs people in in a way that you have never seen in modern politics. I really can't think of another political figure on either side in either party who in the rain, in the downpour, will show up for the supporters and be there to make sure that they deliver a message that the crowd really resonates with. And you see it time and again. He's unafraid to be out there. He's not slowing down. In fact, I think President Trump is ramping up. And it's like nothing you've ever seen in politics. It started back in 2015, and it really has not slowed down, even though the mainstream media has done their best to try and stop him. And that's the thing. I was going to ask you about that. It's Erin Perini. Follow her, Erin M. Perini, over on Twitter, right? Yes. Okay, go and follow her there. She's a great follow, great strategic mind, and love having you on. Um, when you see those rallies and you see five, eight, ten thousand 10,000 right in front of them, and then he talks about 20,000 more who can't get in, is that true? Because the mainstream media will not turn the cameras around. He oftentimes will say, turn your cameras around, fake news. Show who's really waiting to come in. Is it really that much of an overflow just about everywhere he goes? Oh, yes. And it's been that way for years. I mean, the momentum and the people who want to show up to see President Trump has not slowed down. Yes, you do see the crowd that's in front of the cameras, but there is always an overflow crowd. I remember during the uh, caucuses in Iowa in early 2020, we had an absolutely packed arena in Des Moines and probably an equal amount of supporters that couldn't get in from outside that wanted to be inside. That kind of strength you haven't seen in a political movement really in modern history here in the United States, but it continues to this day, even as he's not currently in the White House. And it's because the American people, those who show up, those supporters for President Trump, what they want is a fighter. They want someone who's unafraid of the media, who's unafraid to engage in the fight, and who wants to make sure that the people standing there have a better chance at tomorrow than they did it today. And they don't want failed leadership. So they see success and strength 
with President Trump, and that hasn't changed. She's the Vice President for Public Affairs and Communications at Tag Industries. It's Erin Perini, a Republican strategist, really, really great, great mind, very smart lady. So when we're talking about the, the run-up to 2022, we're already seeing what the Democrats are trying to do. Suddenly, Erin, we're hearing about monkeypox. Holy crap, it's monkeypox. I guess we had that in this country in 2003, about 30 cases. There are less than 10 cases now that we know of Yet we're hearing about the Department of Justice suing to make people wear masks again. Do you believe in your heart of hearts like I do that they're trying to separate and divide us again so that we have to go back to this mail-in balloting that was questionable at best? I think that they are trying everything they can to try and undermine the American people. And whether that is division or lying, they will do whatever it takes in order to get the outcome that they want. We've seen it time and again, because if Democrats were actually honest with the American people about what their policies do, about what the outcomes are, and about the fact that they want to take away little by little, day by day, as much freedom as they can to exert as much control as they can, no American would vote for them except for the very far radical left, and that base isn't gonna move. So if the Democrats were actually honest and the DOJ and everybody else, the American people would say, nah, no thanks, I'm good. Yeah, uh, you know, it's uh, 81 million votes, Aaron. I I know. Come on. Uh, And again, I saw 2,000 mules. I'm not sure if you have. There is proof of fraud. What the left will say, there isn't enough, though, to change the outcome of the election. That movie alone, if those who are watching and listening haven't seen it, go and see it, shows that there could have been enough fraud in 2020 um, that that swayed the election for Joe Biden. I'm not buying 81 million votes. I don't know if you do. Most people watching and listening certainly don't. But one thing that is a mantra for the Democrats, and has been since Rahm Emanuel said it, was never let a serious crisis go to waste. That's the only way they got Obamacare done. They paid off the, the, the people in Nebraska. You paid off the people in Louisiana. Um, they got uh, the guy, Bart Stupak in Michigan, who was an anti-abortion um, Democrat. They told him it wouldn't cover abortion, which it did. They lied. They cheated. They stole to get Obamacare done. But there was a serious crisis going on. It was the hurricane season or something. And they got it done because there was a serious crisis. Now we've got a crisis with people going on mass murder sprees uh, in Buffalo, in, uh, in California, also now recently in Uvalde, Texas, not far from where I sit. That, for that reason alone, now we're going to take guns away, which is what dictators do. Uh, you've got Whoopi Goldberg talking about AR-15s. You've got Joe Biden saying a 9 millimeter bullet can shoot a lung out or something out of the body of a person. Uh, it, the information we're getting is horrible, but there's a serious crisis, and Americans love kids, and we don't want to see this happen anymore. They're going for our guns. Is this strategy going to work for them, do you think? I don't think it will work with them, work for them because I think they are going to overstep the constitutional bounds that exist with the Second Amendment. But what we're seeing here from Democrats is the same old thing. They don't want to actually address the issue. They want to play to their base and try and take away, like I said, as much freedom as they can from the American people. Right. We have a violence and a crime problem here in the United States that has been exacerbated by Democrat failed leadership. If gun control laws were the solution to any of the violence we have seen in the United States, Chicago and Washington, D.C. would be two of the safest cities in the country, and they are not. Because the issue here, while it is a very complex issue, does not solely rest within the firearm. What it rests within is the mental health crisis. And I have been saying this for months now, probably a year at least, that COVID is exacerbating a mental health crisis here in the United States. And unless we are willing to confront it head on, we are going to have major cultural issues. And we are seeing that now. 
It's not a good thing here in the country. And Democrats have put forward progressive prosecutors and district attorneys who refuse to prosecute to the fullest extent of the law. You see it in a place like Chicago, you see it in San Francisco, and you are seeing communities and families falling apart. We need real leaders who will go, as Democrats like to say, to the root cause here and not instead try to trample on the Constitution of the United States. It's Aaron Perini. We love having her on. Aaron M. Perini. It looks like Perine, but it's not. It's Perini. Um, uh, go and follow her on Twitter right now. You, you hit a couple of great points there. Number one, the mental health issue is paramount and we're doing nothing about it. We're literally locking people down, and we did for two years, who already were mentally unstable. We're not opening the asylums again. We're not getting them out of the community where they can you know, harm themselves or the rest of the community. You had the one alleged killer in Buffalo who actually said, because of COVID, I really locked into my ideology. That's why I wanted to kill a bunch of people who happen to be black. Um, so we're not doing anything about that. What should be done? Should we open facilities? Should we stop letting people out of, of prison or jail or some confinement where we know they could be a harm to the community or to themselves? And and why do you think there are prosecutors, like you mentioned, who are letting people out, who are committing real crimes? Well, when it comes to the mental health situation, there should be a conversation about access to beds and inpatient treatment. Yes. In Texas alone, there are only about 1,000 beds, to my understanding, for inpatient mental health treatment readily available. That's not enough not for a state like Texas and not anywhere. And not only is this mental health crisis being exacerbated when you see the violence and the crime that's surging, but you're seeing it in the overdose deaths as well. You're seeing it in families every day who hear that their loved one died because they got a fentanyl overdose or they had an opioid overdose. It is much It is a much broader problem than just violence and crime. And we should be looking at inpatient treatment. We should be looking at beds. We should be looking at the opportunity for rehabilitation, both physically and emotionally within the prison system for people who are locked up. Now, to your question on prosecutors, we saw George Soros step in and fund across the country. He is a very wealthy man. Prosecutors who would be soft I got to stop you there, though, because Aaron, I don't get it. And and by the way, it's Aaron Perini. And I love what you just said. You know that I'm sitting in Texas. We have more than a thousand people coming to Texas a day from blue states just to get some freedom back. So a thousand beds is nowhere near enough for mental health issues. We had the general population is growing by a thousand a day. So you couldn't be more right about that. Help me understand because and you've told me this off the air a lot. You're a lot smarter than I am. Help me understand why it is that George Soros would want there to be more crime in America. Why do these prosecutors, we've got one right in Bear County, Texas, which is right, it's my, my, my home base in San Antonio, who was bought by Soros about a million dollars to unseat the guy that was in there doing a great job, who's now light on prostitution, light on drugs, he's light on petty theft, he's light on all sorts of stuff. What do they gain by having a more violent, more, more criminal-ridden America? Why does Soros want that, do you know? I don't really understand it. My best estimate of it is, because it's not a rational thought to an individual like myself to not be strong on crime. Listen, my sister's an assistant district attorney. She's an incredibly strong prosecutor. She's the fourth generation in my family of attorneys. So we are very pro-police, pro-crime, are uh, pro-strong prosecutors in my family and always have been. But I think for George Soros, what they are looking for on the left, they think that the criminal justice system is so deeply flawed and inherently evil that in order to completely upend it, they need to fund prosecutors who don't believe in law and order. So in order 
to have the systemic cultural change that they want to see instead of electing legislators, they are going the prosecutor route as well to make sure that they have people who will be soft on crime so that they can see the cultural change that they want. The sad part is the cultural change is making communities less safe. At Aaron M. Perini, you know, I think that you, I think you hit on something there. It's more of a one world governance and you can't have that if you have individual laws in America that are stopping crime. If crime gets so out of hand, Soros can swoop in or his family can swoop in and say, hey, we can help you fix it. Let's go with the world, you know, a crime bureau. Let's go with the world courts. Let's let's just have a one world government, which is, I think, what they hope for. It's Aaron Perini. Go and follow her on Twitter, Aaron M. Perini. Um, I, I've got to ask you about the economy. Janet Yellen, the Fed chair, just said, ah, I made a mistake when it comes to inflation. Everybody saw what was happening with inflation. Then either you raise the interest rates and maybe you slow it down a little bit and then everybody gets you know, it, it gets less money in their bank because they're paying more money for it to borrow money or you don't mess with the, with the uh, interest rates and hyperinflation is around the corner. This was all caused by Joe Biden on day one signing 41 uh, executive orders, wasn't it? The economy was coming back. What Trump was doing was lower regulation, lower taxes, and a better atmosphere and climate for business to come back and manufacture stuff here again. Didn't Biden cause all of this? Biden did call, cause all of this, and so did Democrats. Their quote-unquote American Rescue Plan, the only COVID relief package that was passed purely on partisan lines, added fuel to the fire because we had already seen that Joe Biden was going to do everything he could to undermine the strength of the Trump economy. Truly, his policy platform has been, if Donald Trump did it, I want to do the opposite. So Donald Trump built a strong economy. You better believe that Joe Biden is going to decimate it. And there was a story that was just recently written. I believe it was in the Washington Post. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. But it really did lay out factually how the Biden administration time and again just wanted to not address the inflation crisis that was very clearly being flagged to them. I mean, you go back to March and May of 2021, Yellen saying, oh, inflation could hit 3%. It's transitory. It's big meat's fault. It's everybody else's fault. It's Donald Trump's fault. It's Republicans' fault. No. When you see the warning signs that the economy is going to overheat, you need to put the measures in place that will not fuel that. And what did Democrats do? They said more money, more money, more money. You want to see inflation get worse? Democrats are now saying, oh, well, if we do our $10,000 of student loan forgiveness, oh, inflation will only get a little bit worse. Say that to the family that can only afford $30 a week in gas. And then they see the gas prices go up. They can't afford groceries the way they used to. Everyday life is more expensive and more dangerous in Joe Biden's America. Yeah, I saw it was about $2,500 more a year for an average family just for gasoline. And those are the prices today where we just saw that it's $8 a gallon now in some places in California. And and we know that oil is a futures market. Those prices go by the futures. What's happening today will affect what's going on in the future. So we're going to raise the prices now. Um, Biden could fix this by fi- by finishing the Keystone XL pipeline. People keep on saying, oh, people are like, ah, that wouldn't do anything. Look, the guy in Ontario, the premier of Ontario, Canada said, you can have this ready by first quarter next year, and you're going to have all sorts of 800,000 barrels of oil a day coming into the Gulf Coast of the United States so you can refine it. Well, why not just do that? Why not just eat a little bit of crow and say, let me help you out? Instead, Aaron, we've got Pete Buttigieg, who knows nothing about transportation, telling us to all go out and buy an electronic or an electric vehicle, an EV, for $30,000 or $50,000. Are they that disconnected, do you think? 
they really are that disconnected. But also, this is very calculated by them because they actually think that these are good policies. How flippant and ignorant an individual must be to say, oh, well, gas is too expensive. Go spend $30,000 on a new car. And you know what? It's, it's basic economics. Yeah. It's economics 101. The more there is of a product readily available, the lower the cost will become. So if there is more oil on the market because of Keystone Pipeline, because we're allowing gas to be produced here in the United States and oil, the price can come down. But Joe Biden doesn't want to do that. Why? Because he was, we said this so many times on the 2020 campaign, he is a Trojan horse for the radical left. Right. And he always said he would do away with the fossil fuel industry, that he would decimate oil, that there would be no new land leases. He did everything he could to stop this. And the people around him at the White House are even more radical than he is to the point where he has to keep saying, hey, I'm the president and you guys are supposed to be my team. Stop telling people things that are different than what I'm telling them. Right. He wants to do this. It's unbelievable. It's Aaron Perini. Aaron, last question. I, I appreciate you giving me so much time today. Question has to be this. The Democrats aren't good losers. They don't roll over. They, they always circle the wagons. They're going to pull something before November. Do you have any idea what they might be working on that they hope will get them to at least hold on to the, to the Senate? The House looks like it's gone, but they have a chance of keeping the Senate if they do it right. What might they be working on? Because every policy they put in place really stinks. It will be the same cards they always play, which is conspiracy theories. Oh, Republicans are conspiracy theorists. Oh, Republicans are radicals and, and they don't believe in, in rational thought. I mean, you hear Joe Biden himself saying, I'll work with rational Republicans. Um, Hi, Republicans are rational yeah. actors. And if you go into a conversation already belittling the other party, it doesn't sound like there's much room for agreement there. But what we're going to see is Democrats be dishonest because they have a bad record to run on. And then they will try and alienate Republicans to voters by saying that Republicans are crazy and out of line. That's just not reality. Republicans believe in family, community, less government, lower taxes and more opportunity. And at this point, we warned everybody in 2020 yeah. that America will be in a bad place if you elect Joe Biden president. It happened faster than we actually thought it would. 2022 is the best chance Republicans have to really get this country back on track. Aaron M. Perini, I could not have said it better myself. Aaron, don't be a stranger. Come back often, would you? I would love that. I appreciate it. All right, we're back, we're back right after this. Thank you so much. This is the Joe Pag Show. I'm glad to have you. Thanks. I appreciate Erin Perini coming on. Follow her, Erin M. Perini, over on Facebook. Uh, I'm sorry, Twitter, and also on Truth. Go do that now. Let's do some pop culture. Yep. Dirty pop. What's happening, Polo? So you know how Vegas is, is pretty well known for those little wedding chapels, and, and you can be um, possibly get married by an Elvis impersonator? Yes. So apparently the the estate that handles um, Elvis Presley's um, licensing image, yeah, yeah, they basically I guess it's called Authentic Brands Group. They're they're saying that none of these places can do that anymore. Oh man, yeah, that's gonna spoil some people's plans. Yeah. All right, we'll talk more about that. That's Polo. That's Carrie. That's Sam. I'm Joe. We'll see you later. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.